the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, give it up for our dads in the house. Seriously, though, we have some tremendous dads in the house, terrific dads. Uh, I was able to spend some time with a lot of their children here this week in our vacation Bible school, and it's apparent that they have some good dads. Um, you know, dads hold a special place in our hearts. When I was, uh, I was probably seven, eight years old, I remember staying the day over at my dad's house one time, and he went off to work and my stepmother was there and she had a puzzle. And so I, I started putting that 500 piece puzzle together, you know, it took me all day long and I got to the end and there was one piece missing. And I'm, I'm look, I looked in the box. I looked all under the table. I was at the point of tears. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to show my dad the puzzle I'd put together and it was missing one piece. My dad came home from work. And I said, Dad, I put this whole puzzle, and it's missing one piece. And he pulls it out of his pocket and says, here, I didn't want you to finish it without me. <laughs> but really, think about it. Life is like that. Dads hold a very special piece of our heart. And uh, I know some of your dads have gone on to be with the Lord. And uh, and. I know that it's, it feels like there's a piece missing. But if they're up there with the Lord, we know we'll see them again. And we know above everything else that, that our God is a father to the fatherless. And if you didn't have a dad, you know, we, we, we have a dad. That, that's the way God made our lives. There's something in us. There's a piece missing that just will not be satisfied until we let our Father in heaven sit on the throne. I mean, that's the final piece is to let him sit on the throne of our life. And let him love us well. Let us just surrender to his mercy and to his grace and to his plan for our life. Then we find ourselves and then we then life begins to make sense. Well, I wanted to welcome everybody here today to, to the Passion Church. I'm Pastor Guy. We've got a very special treat for you today, but I'm going to introduce them in a minute. But if you're the first-time visitor here, hopefully you were given a first-time visitor card. If you wouldn't mind... Uh, fill that out and turn it in to Van back there to connect this. He wants to give you a, a, just a little uh, gift bag and show our appreciation for you worshiping with us today. And if you don't have a home church, I hope you would take time to read these banners and see that we're a church on the move and that God is doing something special in our midst. Um, in fact, I wanted to talk about this week's celebration. We've just been celebrating all the things that God's been doing. For example, Last Sunday night, we go to the jail every Sunday night. Last Sunday night, we went to the jail. Eleven men stood up to give their hearts to Jesus. <laughs> and then Monday night, we had our sidewalk stories ministry where we go over to South Park Apartments and we pull wagons full of books and we minister to the children and to the adults as well. And there was one lady uh, who gave her heart to Jesus at that outreach as well. And not to mention all the kids that were blessed. And then just in the service last Sunday, there were six people who raised their hand to give their uh, lives to Jesus. 
And then we had our uh, VBS day camp. Uh, what do we call it? Rise and shine. Kingdom Kids Rise and Shine camp. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday here in the sanctuary. We moved all these chairs back, and you just don't know what went on here for those three days. It was wild. It was crazy. But nine little little kids gave their heart to Jesus. Fifteen were filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and a couple said that they received healing in their bodies. I wanted to show you uh, the video that we made of that camp. If you just got a moment, if y'all could dim those lights. And uh, this is the video we made of this week. continued hopefully that means we'll do it again next year and uh we had zachary bigley from the youth camp that puts on camps all over the, the mid-south he came and orchestrated our camp for us and uh, many of you sold into his ministry the last two sundays and we were able to bless him for coming and do that for us and it was just a, a a great time as you can tell for all i wanted to go to the treasure box and to give out uh some little special gifts to to those who served this week, uh, let's see, we had Anita and Rick. Anita's in the back. Let me throw this at Rick. Let me give Dorinda hers on the way. Let me see if I see anybody on the way. Rick, a lot of them are serving in the back now because they, they can't stay away from the kids. Huh? Miranda, is she here? Miranda. Thank you, Miranda. Where's Melody? She's in the back. 
I got the list there. Nicholas is over there hiding out. Nicholas did a fine job. Who else we got? Uh, where's Kaylee? She's. Jalen? That guy's like, I'm going to eat it on the way back. Let's see. Don't let me forget anybody. Uh, Miranda, Nicholas, Kaylee, Melody, Denise. Where's Denise? She in the back? I want you to know that Friday night, last Friday night, they did a lock-in. That means the kids stayed here all night. And then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, they took off work from their jobs to serve the children here at this day camp. And now this Sunday, a lot of them are still serving back there. That tells me two things. That tells me they deserve a round of applause. That tells me we need to tell them how much we appreciate them. And that tells me we need some more help back there. So if you're interested in children's ministry, come and be a part of that. Uh, let's see. And one other announcement I wanted to make before we get started real good. is our senior pastor, Steve Vickers. He is uh, writing a book. And he's looking for testimonies. He said they don't have to be anything outlandish and, and just, you know, super world-changing testimony, but just something you believed God for and that God did for you and you'd just like to share and maybe have your testimony put in a book. If that's you, then get, get your, write it down and give it to me and I'll give it to Pastor Vickers for his consideration. Let me pray. Lord, there's so much going on here at the Passion Church. There's so many lives being changed. This is just one week that we can celebrate. Father, I'm amazed and I just sit back and I I just want to give you all the glory and honor for what you're doing. I want to praise you and I want to thank you for not only what you're doing in us as a body of Christ, but in us as individuals when I look out and I see so many lives coming out of darkness and into the, to your plan for their life, finding freedom. Lord, I look around and I see people being healed and, and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and walking in the power of God that they were created to walk in. I see their hearts being mended from, from the... Uh, stresses of this life and the brokenness and the things that's happened in the past. I see forgiveness going on. These are the things that you expect to find in, in the house of God. Good things. And you have filled us to overflowing. And so for that, Father, we're, we're so grateful. And we're so grateful today for these guests that you've brought here today. And we know we're going to be blessed. We thank you that your spirit is with them, that they can relax and they're among family here because they're they're sisters in the body of Christ, and we're their brothers and sisters. And we just love you for what's going to happen and for what's already happened. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'd like to welcome uh, today we have with us the, the ladies from Teen Challenge Ministry, and I'd like to welcome to up here Miss Courtney. Give her a round of applause. <laughs> Take some moment for it to come on. Let's see. Good morning. It is on. I don't know. And or a family member involved in abuse or addiction. And who in here has ever heard of Teen Challenge? 
awesome. So just a brief history. We were started back in 1958 by the late Pastor David Wilkerson. He was a pastor whose heart grieved for those lost in addiction. The whole Teen Challenge story can be found in his book, The Cross and the Switchblade, which later turned into a movie. But through this journey, he came face to face with cold, harsh realities of addiction. And the truth is, these realities, they haven't gotten any better. In fact, in today's society, they've only gotten worse. Reality is that the average age for first-time marijuana use is only 14 years old. Reality is that one in five inmates in the United States are incarcerated due to drugs or alcohol. Reality is that 2.5 million Americans die annually from a drug overdose. Reality is that the enemy, he's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy.
The book then tells how God divinely led him to start Teen Challenge, and out of that one act of obedience, there have blossomed over 200 centers in the United States and 1,200 centers worldwide. We are the Women's Center, and we were founded in 2008 by Pastor Jared and Miss Kim Flanagan. We take in women 18 and older who struggle with any life-controlling problems such as abuse, addiction, depression, or eating disorders. We believe addiction is just the byproduct of a life without Jesus and a symptom of the bigger product, which is sin. The Lord wants us to come to him so he can transform us into who he designed us to be. So as we share in song and testimony today, just remember that the voices that you hear are voices of true victory. And at this time, the ladies are going to introduce themselves and share with you a scripture that speaks to them, and I'll start. Again, my name is Courtney. I've been with Teen Challenge for almost two years, and the scripture that I stand on is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a better future. Hey y'all, um, I'm Hannah, I'm 23, I've been in the program going on 11 months now, and like Miss Courtney, I stand on Jeremiah 29:11. Hey, my name is Sarah, um, I'm 35 years old, I have been in the program for almost four months now, and the scripture that I stand on is um, Psalms 37, 2, um, he will protect you and he will sing, uh, surround you with songs of deliverance. Um, um, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Um, okay. Uh, my name is Lua Cretia. Uh, that I've been in a deal, you know, program for uh, three months. So this, uh, scripture, uh, that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, I stand on is Psalms 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God. My name is Brittany, and I've been in the program three months. And the scripture speaks to me is Psalms 139.14. I, I will praise him, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are his works, and my soul knows right well. Good morning, church. My name is Chelsea. I've been with Teen Challenge for 16 months, and the scripture that speaks to me is James 3.18. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall plant seeds of peace and reap harvests of righteousness. Hello, my name's Brandy. I'm 23 years old. I'm from Springfield, Missouri, and I've been in the program for 11 and a half months now. I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony. How's everybody doing? Awesome. Okay. Um, well, um, you know, growing up, I was born and raised in Missouri, um, Springfield, and um, I had a good family. You know, my parents were together, are still together and married to this day. And, um, you know, about the age of roughly five years old, my life kind of flipped upside down. Um, I was mentally, verbally, and physically abused by my father, um, and that caused uh, a lot of anger and rage in me. Um, I hated myself, I hated my dad, I hated who I was, and I always asked myself, what could I do better? And the truth is that through it all, I never even knew God, because he says that I'm better just the way I am. And so, 
traveling down this road of hatred and unwantedness, I had insecurities that were so deep that I was somebody I wasn't. I lived a facade lifestyle, um, hung out with the wrong crowd. At the age of 15, I actually was introduced to um, using drugs in the worst way possible and drinking alcohol um, every day, almost every second. Um, you know, and in school, I got bullied to the point where I had very bad depression, severe depression and anxiety. And I remember one night I overdosed on medication and that landed me in the hospital. Um, I had died for 12 seconds. By the grace of God, I'm here today in front of you guys. And um, so I just remember being in the hospital for about two weeks, um, unconscious. And the first person to visit me was my dad. Um, I remember him leaning over the side of the hospital bed and it looked like he was praying, you know, and I, I still believe that him and God working together is another reason why I'm here. Um, so I landed in a psych ward for six months after that. Um, was diagnosed with four different medications and I thought that was the way that I needed to live my life to feel normal. Um, so after I got out, I continued to hang out with the wrong crowd, the wrong people. And at the age of 17, I actually met a guy and um, everything that I didn't want, I turned him into. Um, you know, he was a very known um, dealer on the four cities surrounding, and so I followed that lifestyle. Um, I was, I began to be really mean, really pushy, um, you know, and I was just, I was hateful. I was still angry. I was still insecure, and I didn't love myself, and I didn't love anybody. Um, that's that hold, that tool that Satan put on me for so long, and I thought that was how I was supposed to be. Um, so, you know, I continued to stay with this individual and it got worse to the point where my depression got worse and, you know, I stopped caring about my job, I stopped caring about my family, um, I continued to use, so I became homeless for two years before this program allowed me to come into it. Um, 11 months, 11 and a half, I've been here and I willingly came into Teen Challenge. I remember one night I was at my grandma's house and she's in love with God. Um, I stayed there. It was about two days I was there, and I was still using. And I remember overdosing one night, and I woke up. Um, I stood up, and I went to the bathroom to get a drink of water. You know, my face was flushed. It was purple. My arms were purple. And I looked in the mirror, and saying to a God that I didn't know, I said, God, help me. And I began to feel a lot of sickness. Um, you know, I felt close to death. And I woke my grandma up and I told her that I overdosed and she had no idea I was using. Um, I hid it from her for a very long time. So the ambulance were called and um, two cop cars were called. And the cop actually mentioned Teen Challenge. And I really didn't want to go at first, but something inside of me was saying that I had to. So I've been here and since I've been here, I've actually experienced what it felt like to be loved and to love myself. Um, I don't have fear of my future because I know that God has a plan um, and he's just done amazing things. I have a connection with my father and my mother now that I've never had before. I call them, they answer on the first ring and they tell me they're proud of me and, um, and I see my future. You know, I don't miss the old ways. I don't miss hanging with the wrong crowd because 
that led me into a deep pit. And I'm just so thankful to be serving a God today. I am thankful to be loved. I'm thankful to love everybody how they are. And God is good, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that don't know him. There's a lot of people that they seek, but they don't find because they're not seeking him with all their heart. And it takes a lot of heart to find God and for him to find you. So thank you guys for letting me share. Down from to where 
have shown an 86% success rate among Teen Challenge graduates. Our pastor believes that the winning combination of number one, the Jesus Factor, and number two, the length of our 13-month-long program is the reason why Teen Challenge is so successful. Usually, our ladies start their day early with prayer time, reading of the Word of God, daily devotionals, and praise and worship. Some ladies that have come into our program have never even opened a Bible before, so this not only teaches them to dig into God's Word, but to also to apply it to their daily lives. And we also firmly believe in the power of prayer because we know that you can't have a relationship with someone that you do not communicate with. We have several different jobs that the ladies will be assigned to. We have the office where they learn business and communicational skills. We have laundry ladies and kitchen ladies, and they learn to be responsible women of God and good stewards of what the Lord has given them. We also have a thrift store and a wood shop, and that's where they learn teamwork and management skills. But we also have the classroom, and that's where the ladies study the Word and accomplish 14 different group studies that will equip them with skill for now and for their future. They also have to memorize over 250 scriptures by the time they graduate the program, and once they graduate, they get the opportunity to stay and work for Teen Challenge as a full-time staff member. But every day during our busy weeks at 1130, we pray over our prayer cards. And at this time, our ladies are going to hand out those cards. During this time of prayer, we do not pray for ourselves, but we pray for you. So if you have a personal need or if you know someone else that is struggling, please write their name on this card so we can pray for them. 
Some ladies that have come into our program before, their names were on a card just like this, so we hold it very dear to our heart. So if you don't mind, just take a moment and fill these cards out, please. So if you didn't get a chance to turn in your card, you could see one of us after the service and you could turn it into us. And as the ladies are making their way to the front, I would like to tell you the scripture that we prayed for that best fits this season in our lives. And it's found in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who should show forth the praises of him who has brought you out of darkness and into his marvelous light who were once not a people of God, but are now a people of God, who once had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And in Revelations, it says that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And, you know, we all have a different story as to where God has brought us from. And at this time, I'm going to ask Miss Chelsea to share her story with you guys. Good morning, church. Like I said, my name is Chelsea. I'm 29 years old. I'm from Summerall, Mississippi, and I've been in the program 16 months yesterday. And also, by the grace of God, that's 16 months clean and sober that I never thought I would live to see. Yes. Um, my life growing up was pretty unconventional. Both of my parents were military. My dad was in the Army, and my mom was in the Navy. So my family moved around a lot. Um, so I had a hard time making friends and connecting with people. I also had a 
a kind of strained relationship with my parents because they were gone a lot. Either my dad was gone or my mom was gone. So my sister and I spent a lot of time with our grandparents, my dad's, uh, my dad's parents. My grandfather was a pastor of the First Baptist Church of Ocean Springs for many years before he passed away, and he was a wonderful man. He was also my hero. Um, my parents were deployed to Germany. I was three years old, and when we had been there a couple of months, we got the news that my grandfather had passed away from a massive heart attack in his sleep. And um, no one really explained to me as a child what death was. So I became very angry, and I didn't understand why the God that my grandfather loved so much would take him away from me um, because he was such a good person. So that started uh, several years of struggling in school, behavioral issues. I was diagnosed with manic depressive bipolar disorder at seven years old. I was also diagnosed with attention deficit disorder. I had a really hard time making friends, and I was always um, happier to walk around with my nose in a book than try to interact with other folks. So I'm, I was a really awkward kid. Um, we settled in a in a what seemed like the perfect place to live for a small family in. Crofton, Maryland when I was 13 years old and it looked on the surface like it was just wonderful um, but there was a really really dark secret and that was the fact that my next door neighbor was a serial predator. Um, he took advantage of me and I was the first of many young ladies to come forward and um, you know I told my mom and dad and we called the police and as time went by and the trial went on, it came about that he had abused 20 other young ladies and all of them were younger than me. Um, some of them were even his family members. So I had a lot of guilt and shame over the fact that that happened to me and also a lot of anger, you know. Um, I still, my parents took my sister and I to church, but church and Christians and all that just weren't things that they didn't hold my attention because I knew that the world was a dark place. I knew that there was pain and I knew that there was suffering and that was all that I knew. And that's what I kind of grasped onto and held onto. Well, after the abuse happened, um, I started abusing my prescription medication because I knew that it changed the way that I felt. And when my prescription medications stopped doing the things that I wanted them to do, I turned to street drugs and Eventually, my addiction spiraled so far out of control, like I said, that for 15 years, it completely consumed my life. I started using when I was 13, I'm 29 now, um, and I was using, towards the end of my addiction, the worst kinds of drugs in the worst kinds of ways. I had been through several secular rehabs, uh, wasted thousands and thousands of my parents' money, um, and every time I would go, I would just go to get back to baseline and come back out and just go right back to the things that I was doing. I didn't really want to change um, because I knew that drugs took away the emotional pain, even though they really didn't. They just made everything a thousand times worse. Um, so finally, at my rock bottom, I was planning on taking my life. I had come to the end of my rope. I knew that I was an addict and I was going to die in my addiction, and that's just that's just the, the future that I saw for myself. Um, but God had other plans. I actually found out that I was I was pregnant with my daughter. My husband and I, um, she is our only child. 
And when I found out, I was devastated. I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. Um, so I didn't stop using drugs. I didn't know. I didn't know how to stop. I didn't really want to stop. And to be honest with you, until the moment that my daughter was born and they put her into my arms, I really didn't know if I was going to stop. But when Lily was born and she was born perfect and healthy, not experiencing any withdrawals or any side effects of the drug use, you know, I knew that I wanted to change and I knew that God had given me a reason to change my life. So um, I, I tried to quit. For about a month, I tried to quit, but I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop using. And because my daughter was born positive with, you know, she had drugs in her system, uh, DHS was involved. And so I was um, a supervised case and I had to pass drug screens for them in order to continue to see her. And I failed two drug screens. And that's when my family told me about Teen Challenge. Um, I did not want to come here. I didn't want to leave my daughter I knew, you know, I knew that she needed me. She needed her strung out mama, you know. Well, no, that's the furthest thing from the truth. I walked through the doors of Teen Challenge February 15th of last year. My daughter was a month and a half old. I was lost. I was broken. I hated God. I hated everyone. I hated myself. The only person that I really loved was my daughter. But how can you really love someone if you don't know love? And so I decided to give it a shot. All it took was two weeks in this program and being around these ladies and just seeing the light that shone through them that I just didn't understand, that I knew I needed to try something different because I had exhausted all other avenues. I knew that there was nothing else but this one thing that might make a difference. And so I started reading my Bible. I got into my Word. I started focusing on my classwork and really pushing myself to to pursue the things that they were telling me about that, you know, that they knew worked for them, but... I didn't really know. And then one day, it was like a light bulb came on. I knew that following after Jesus was the life that I wanted to live. And I made the decision to give my life to him. I actually um, got baptized at our conference that we have every year last year. And it was, it was on May 20th. And I'll remember, I'll never forget it. It was the most amazing feeling uh, aside from, you know, seeing my daughter look at me for the first time. Um, God has just given me so much through my obedience in this program. My little girl is 17 and a half months old now. Um, I haven't been a part of her life, but I do get to FaceTime with her. And my husband is very supportive. My entire family backs me completely. And I am just so, so, so excited to be able to hopefully go home soon and graduate, you know, graduate the program and go home and be her mom, not just because of the change that has occurred inside of me, but because of the mercy God has shown me, you know, I want my daughter to grow up knowing the love of God that I didn't know. You know, I knew about religion and I knew about church and all that, but I never really knew God. And being here in this program, I have come to know him. You know, we hit our knees every morning and we get to talk to him and he talks back, you know, like. He's answered prayers of mine that I had never dreamed in my wildest years that, you know, first of all, standing here alive and well and sober for 16 months, you know, like that's a miracle in itself, y'all. I should be dead. But really the biggest thing for me is the opportunity to go forth to tell everyone that I come in contact with what, who, you know, what Jesus has done for me. 
but more importantly, to raise my daughter to follow him because someday I'm not going to be here anymore and Lily will be and her kids will be and she's going to be the one who's going to be able to carry the gospel into the future and spread the good news and hopefully, you know, like it's my prayer that everyone gets to hear it and that everyone comes to know the Lord and it's just, he's just doing amazing things. And that's why the scripture that speaks to me is Lamentations 3.23. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. 
So really quickly, I would like to share with you our Back to Life contribution brochure. This brochure gives you the opportunity to partner with us and become a one-time or a monthly supporter. Just like a missionary needing funds to go into other countries, we're doing it right here in our own backyard. We're pulling people out of the darkness and leading them to the marvelous light. So if the Lord has laid it on your heart to partner with us to see the chains of addiction broken for generations to come, please see me after the service and I will get you one of these. Also, we are a nonprofit organization. So what that means is we do not receive any state or government support. We also do not charge Our Ladies a monthly fee, but we do raise support by receiving donations for crosses just like this one. We have a table set up that's very similar to what you would see on one of our fundraisers. Most of our crosses are made by the ladies in the program and finished by hand. The making of our crosses is very much like what the Lord does in our lives. At first, we come to Him and we need a lot of work. He takes us, He cleans us up, and He transforms us into something beautiful. So I encourage you to get a cross or a plaque and let it hang on your wall to remind you of God's transforming power, not only in these ladies' lives, but in your life as well. This one is not for sale, though. It's for you, Pastor, and for the church for allowing us to come back out today. We just thank you guys so much for your attention. But above all, we pray that our God was rightly glorified today. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies, so much. You have glorified the Lord this day. And, and uh, you're like a city on a hill. You're just shining. And your lives are beautiful. And thank you for sharing the intimate details of your life with us. Because, like you said, this, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And if we would all be honest with one another, uh, sin has messed this world up. And, you know, uh, some of us can mask it a little better than others, but all of our lives have been devastated in one way or another through our childhood, through our upbringing, through uh, the things that we turn to to mask the pain and the hurt and, and just being dece deceived by the enemy. That He's a master deceiver and he, he gets us to turn to everything except the thing that we should turn to. And what we've heard today is, uh, just testimony after testimony of God's goodness that when they turned to Jesus, they found that missing piece that had made them complete and, and that they were looking for all along that their hearts was longing for. So thank you so much for sharing. We're going to take up an offering for them before they leave. Uh, but before they do, uh, I want to address the hurting in your heart. Maybe you've been here at this church for 20 years and, and you, you've got most everything under control, you think, or whatever. But we're still facing that harsh reality of the world outside every day. And there's still temptations coming our way. Or maybe you, you, you aren't right with God. Maybe you don't have that place in your heart fulfilled today. I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus. And you heard these testimonies today, and you can't argue with somebody's personal testimony. You see a life that was on a destructive path, and then you see well, the light come in, and then you see the change. And uh, that's what can happen for you. I know sometimes it's the hardest thing in the world is to believe that it's for me. Sometimes I preach, and I, and I get everybody else excited about God's mercy, but then I don't even show the same mercy to myself when I get in trouble. And when I think about if I make a mistake or something, then I don't show the mercy to myself. But I, I know I'd be preaching to somebody else to receive that mercy. 
And so it's it's the hardest thing in the world to, to admit that, man, I need Jesus sometimes. And I need to re- just stop trying to act like everything's okay when it's not and just receive God's goodness. And I want to tell you, if you don't know who Jesus is, the way you can tell how much a person loves you is by how much attention they pay to you. Would you agree? I mean, when I first met my wife, Angie, you know, she was on my mind. She had all of my attention. When I was at work, I was doodling her name. I was thinking about her all the time. That's because I loved her. And that's how you tell if somebody's willing to pay you attention. That's why little kids are always saying, Mommy, Daddy, they're looking for that attention. And we're looking for that love. And the Bible says that God knows how many hairs is on your head. In Psalms 139, it says He knows His thoughts towards you are greater than the sands on the seashore. There's no place that you can go to, to hide from Him. And I don't see why we would want to continue to hide from him, this love. I don't know what it takes to convince you if you're still running from God. But it's not by accident that you're here today. And God wants to speak to you. And He wants to give you that relationship and that love that you've been so... Maybe maybe you've turned mean. Maybe you've turned cold. And you just try to, I don't need nothing. I don't need nobody. I'll just barrel my way through life. But what about the next life? You see, Jesus came to die on the cross to take away our sins. And the Bible says He's the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through Him. And he's, he's saying, come unto me. His arms are open wide today. Come unto me, all you that labor, you're heavy laden. Do you know what I mean by heavy laden? It's just like, man, this world is just too much. He says, come unto me, and I will give you rest. We have a banner in the back that explains the process you know god and then you begin to find freedom from all the craziness that you have believed that's led you to all these destructive behaviors and then once you begin to find freedom ladies you'll begin to discover purpose you didn't know were there and i see that you already stepping right on into the purpose that god has for your life and then you get to that place where you're just making a difference and you guys are making a difference believe me and like she said She just wants to tell other people so that she can let other people know God. And that's why we're here. He wants, God just wants this big family. He knows we're all jacked up because of Adam's sin and the sin problem in the world. He knows that there's an enemy down here, but he's looking for somebody just to say, Jesus, Abba, Abba, pick me up. Show me some attention. And he doesn't want you to leave this world without that final piece of the puzzle in your heart. He wants to make you complete today. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.